You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Well, they can't all be winners. Uh, I just realized that all I did was get them to really enjoy saying no <laughs> over and over again. Okay, I'll, I'll amend that for the next service. Thank you for being the test audience for that. Uh, good morning. It's good to be with you as we continue our series on the screw tape letters, week three of our screw tape letters. What is God really up to? Our scripture lessons, lessons today are from the Gospel of John. The first is John 3, 16 and 17. Sometimes we forget to add 17 to that uh, Bible verse we hold up in Tiger Stadium. John 3, 16 and 17. And the second will be John chapter 20, verses 19 through 22. It'll be on the screens and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. For God so loved the world... That he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Our second lesson is from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 22. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me... So I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Living God, you are the giver of wisdom and true discernment guiding those who seek your ways to choose the good. Mercifully grant that your people, feasting on the true bread of heaven, may have eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If you've been following along uh, in the book, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, Screwtape is convinced that God is keeping something secret. Screwtape is convinced that God is holding something back, that the activity of God can't certainly be what it is on the surface. This is what he says uh, around about halfway through the book. All his talk, meaning God, all his talk about love must be a disguise for something else. He must have some real motive for creating them, meaning humanity, for creating them and taking so much trouble about them. If we could only figure out what he is really up to. If we could only figure out what God is, is really up to. Because this idea of love, this idea of loving one another, this idea of being selfless can't certain, certainly can't be what God is up to. Or at least God seems to be receiving a terrible return on God's investment. 
There's this great scene. In fact, I think it's one of the best scenes uh, in the Big Bang Theory. Uh, do you know Big Bang Theory, the, the show on CBS? Uh, there's this great scene. Uh, it, was, it was a Christmas episode one year where uh, Sheldon gets wind that Penny is giving him a Christmas present. And this really bothers Sheldon. Because in Sheldon's world, everything has to have a zero balance, which is why he never gives gifts. Because he says, if you give a gift that's worth $25, you should expect a gift in return that's $25. He goes, and it just go on and on and on as we go, right? So he hears that Penny is giving him a Christmas gift and it makes him nervous. So he goes to um, a store to get uh, fragrant gels and creams and, and gift baskets, right? Because he, uh, apparently that's the only thing women want is creams and gels and that's where, where Sheldon is, right? And he gets something like 20 different gift bags, gift baskets, so that he can be ready for whatever Penny gives him. So he has this plan. When she comes over, he's going to ask for her gift first, and then whatever that gift is, he will reciprocate something of equal value. So Penny comes over to the apartment, gives him the gift, and he opens it up and he goes, oh, a napkin, you know? And she goes, no, 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 turn it over. And he turns over the napkin and... He kind of gathers himself. He goes, Dear Sheldon, live long and prosper, Leonard Nimoy. And he gets Leonard Nimoy's autograph. And now, now, now Sheldon's starting to panic. Because this is something that's very, very valuable to him. And then Penny, Penny just has like an offhanded comment. She goes, Oh, and it's sorry, the, the, the signature is smudged because he wiped his mouth with it. And then Sheldon, she goes, Do you know what this means? This means I possess the DNA of Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> I could make my own Leonard Nimoy, right? So he says, oh, be right back. And then he leaves. And he comes back into the room with all 20 gift bags. And he just, he throws them down. And she goes, Sheldon, what did you do? And he goes, I know. It's not enough, is it? And then he says, okay. And he goes and he He hugs Penny. He hugs her. And of course, Penny says, look, Sheldon's hugging me. Which is, if you know the show, hugging another human being is probably the most difficult thing that Sheldon could ever, ever do. But it's the gift that mattered to Penny. Sometimes we look at life as an interaction of exchanges. Or life, our relationships, are a transaction. What is God really up to? God's end game couldn't be love. Selfless love? Could it? This is what Screwtape is wrestling with. It seems too generous. It doesn't make sense. What is God's return on this divine investment of humanity and creation? Screwtape, the demon, looks at all human interaction as transactions. And he wants his patient, he wants Wormwood's patient to convince himself that all human interaction is a game of transactions because transaction assumes ownership. Transaction assumes ownership. 
For example, and this is fine uh, in the marketplace, though there is a footnote that we'll get to later. This is fine in the marketplace if, if I have an apple and you have corn and I need corn and you need an apple. We trade things that have a similar value to meet a need. On the surface, uh, that seems uh, exactly fine. He wants his patient to have no distinction with the word my, where my boots, my food, my home, my country, my God is all seen as the same possessive thing. There's no distinction with the word my. What's the problem with this? Transaction assumes ownership. If we equate my boots or my shoes with my God, we have made God into a commodity. What do we like to do with commodities? We like to protect them. We like to barter with them. And when someone has a better commodity than we have, we covet what they have. So if we have turned God into a commodity, we will spend our life protecting God, bartering over God, and when something better comes along, we will covet that over God. What is God? And this, look, this this is an old story. This is an old story, right? The man and the woman are in the garden, and then there's this serpent, the most crafty, of all of God. He's the first theologian because he's the first character to actually talk about God. <laughs> the serpent is a theologian. And the serpent is there by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? And the woman is there and the man is there. Read the story. It's not that the woman took the apple and then tricked her husband. He's standing there. He just happens to be silent the whole time, <laughs> letting her do the talking, right? The man and the woman, they're there by the tree and, 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 and uh, the serpent says, did, did God say that you couldn't eat of, the, of this tree? And the woman said, yes, we cannot eat of that tree, nor shall we touch it, because on the day that we do, we will surely die. Now understand, if you read the story, for those of us who have read the story, read the story, God did not say that they could not touch the tree. Humanity added that bit. And when we add to the word of God, it gives the serpent an in. So the serpent said, oh, no, 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 that's that's not 100% True, I've checked PolitiFact and it's, there's just a little bit that's not, so I'm going, to, I'm going to take that little bit that isn't true and I'm going to exploit it. He goes, no, 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 you will not die. You will be like God. And your eyes will be opened, knowing good and evil. At this point, humanity looks at the tree and sees that the tree is good for food and the tree is a delight to the eyes and the tree is to be desired to, be, to make one wise. Now, I've preached on this before, but it's, it's important Now, there's nothing wrong with something being good. There's nothing wrong with something being a delight to the eyes. There's nothing wrong to seek for wisdom. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is, it was the tree that was good. It was the tree that was a delight. It was a tree that was the center of desire for wisdom, not the creator of the tree. And as a Christian living with a Trinitarian God... We mention, humanity mentions the tree once for the Father, once for the Son, and once for the Holy Spirit. The tree has now assumed the role of God, or, or if you want to look at it another way, God has now become 
a commodity, a thing that gives us an end game. That is the value of God in this story, what God can do for us. When the tree is to be desired, when the tree is a delight, when the tree is where we find our nourishment, we have now commodified God. God just is another thing in our life to get what we want. This is exactly what Screwtape is talking about. He wants his patient to see everything as a transaction. That everything has some kind of tangible, beneficial endgame. They wanted to be like God rather than be with God. And there's a very big difference. (laughs) They wanted to be like God, not simply be with God. God wants us to know goodness and to experience delight and to share wisdom, but not as a possession over which we barter, but a gift that we share with reckless abandon, with nothing in return. And before you call me a hippie, I'm going to read something Jesus said in just a minute. You know the only time that Jesus uses the word hope, this is fascinating. The only time that Jesus used, he only used the word hope once in all of the Gospels. This is fantastic. This is what he says. This is uh, Luke chapter 6, verses 33 through 36. It'll be on the screen so you can follow along. Jesus says this. If you do good to those who do good to you... What credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend, we're all literalists till we get to this verse. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good. And lend expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is... Oh, here it is. Here's a kicker. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, as your Father is merciful. What is God really up to? Screwtape asks. I mean, do you hear the language of transaction and what Jesus is saying? Now, Jesus does mention a reward... The reward is experiencing the very presence of God through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. But Screwtape wants us to think that that is not enough. We want 99%. We want 100% of the... We've been given 99% of the garden. But we want it all because it's just not... We cannot leave a tree to be cultivated by God. We cannot let it be, let it be. We have to have it all because we just cannot break away from ownership. Relationships as transactions. Ownership. We need, we need that tree as well. You know, just in case. Just in case for a rainy day. Even though we have a Lord that calls us to build an ark to weather the storm. Just in case the waters rise even though Jesus walks Upon the waves. Just in case we we, we don't have enough food, even though we worship a Lord who feeds 5,000 people with bread and fish. Just in case Screwtape wants the patient to attach Christianity 
to something. Christianity and politics, or Christianity and economics, or Christianity and denomination? I love being a United Methodist. I love the Wesleyan way of understanding scripture. I love talking about prevenient, justifying, and sanctifying grace. I love reading scripture through the lenses of tradition, reason, and experience. I love the general rules of the United Methodist Church, which is do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God, or attend to all of the ordinances of God, if you're old school. I love the United Methodist Church. I love that the United Methodist Church since 1956 has taken a stand against the death penalty. I love that in the United Methodist Church early in the 20th century, we fought for the women's right to vote. I love that in the United Methodist Church, we helped end child labor. I love that in the United Methodist Church, we moved states along to raise the age of a young girl's consent to be married, which was between the ages of 7 and 12 in some states. I love the fact that the United Methodist Church has been on the marching edge of showing compassion and grace and love with the world. And in just a few weeks, we're going to be gathering to talk about technology in the augmented age of how we can use this technology to continue to share the gospel. But as I said a couple of weeks ago, Jesus is bigger. The gospel is bigger. If I think, in other words, I'll say it this way. I'm not a United Methodist because I think it's right or more right than the Baptist Church, or more right than a Pentecostal Church, or more right than the Episcopalians. I'm a United Methodist because it has been my experience of God, and that experience has been beautiful. Because if I'm a United Methodist because I think it's right, I will begin to fall in love with my own rightness, and I begin to commodify the gospel treating the gospel as something that needs a transaction with someone. I need to get something for sharing my faith. If we fall in love with our own rightness or our inability to be wrong about something, that's called vanity. And when we are vain, we want all of the trees. And when we want all of the trees, we, live, we leave little room for God to do what God is calling us to do. We begin to see our lives and our very souls as transactions. A transaction at which there must be a zero balance at the end of the day. It's like buying 20 gift baskets <laughs> just in case. When, when a hug is really what is needed. It's like if I have an apple and you don't have an apple and you have nothing to give, I will stand there and let you starve because I get nothing in return. That is not the gospel. What is God really up to? It can't be that God really wants us to share a selfless love with one another in the world. Can it? (laughs) 